The smartest guy in the room is the one who realizes he's not the smartest guy in the room. And what I mean by that is you've got to be brave enough. You've got to be smart enough. You've got to ask for some help sometimes. And so when I wasn't good at jujitsu and that was my weakness in the UFC, I sought out somebody to help me with jujitsu. Are you looking for a high-energy, competitive way to get your team to compete while training athleticism, hand-eye coordination, and lateral quickness? If so, you got to check out Spikeball. Top high school, college, and professional athletes around the world are using Spikeball as a fun and safe competition to start their training sessions, practices, and workouts. It's also a tremendous way to train your routines and releases and build that elite mindset. As a listener to the Peak Performance Podcast, Podcast, you can get a free spike ball set by visiting briancane.com slash spike ball. Again, that's briancane.com slash spike ball, because if you're not playing spike ball, you're just playing games. If your body could talk, what would it tell you? Know your body, transform your life. That's the motto of DexaFit, the best in helping you know your numbers. DexaFit shows you exactly how your body composition, cardiovascular fitness, and metabolic health compares to the optimal standard. We know that measurement equals motivation, and DexaFit measures your progress while providing the diet and fitness plan customized for your body. DexaFit is providing a tremendous opportunity for listeners of the Peak Performance Podcast to get their first scan at a discounted rate. Go to briancane.com slash DexaFit. That's briancane.com slash D-E-X-A-F-I-T right now to learn more. Hey everybody, how you doing? Brian Kane, your Peak Performance Coach here with the Peak Performance Podcast. And today, our guest is Rob McDonald, also known as Bobby Maximus. He's a former Canadian mixed martial artist whom appeared in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He appeared in the Ultimate Fighter 2, the reality TV series that aired on Spike TV and also had numerous bouts in the UFC. McDonald now acts as the general manager and lead training director at Jim Jones in Salt Lake City, Utah. You may have heard of Jim Jones as the gym that trained the actors for the movie 300. Bobby Maximus, he's an integral piece that makes Jim Jones one of the most elite hardcore gyms in the country. Maximus has also broken multiple power endurance world records. He'll be releasing a book through Men's Health called The Maximus Body, and it covers topics such as life psychology, nutrition, sports psychology, performance psychology, recovery practices, anti-stress, training regimen. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Peak Performance Podcast, the savage known as Bobby Maximus. Bobby, welcome to the Peak Performance Podcast. Ryan, thank you, and thank you for all the kind words you said about me. It's good to speak to you again. Yeah, man, it's been a while. I think the last time I saw you was, was about 10 years ago. You were still competing in the UFC. We, I was living in Vermont. You were still a police officer in Toronto, and uh, we were talking a little, we're doing a little work on the mental game of MMA, but for our listeners here, um, you know, and I'll, I'll refer to you both as Rob and refer to you as Bobby Maximus. Is there one that you prefer? You know, it's actually funny. Um, 
I actually go by Bobby now, but only because it's a, it's kind of from a marketing perspective. People don't know the difference between Bobby Maximus and Rob McDonald. They think they're different people at times. And so as businesses got bigger, I've had to brand myself as Bobby Maximus now. Got it. Well, Bobby, tell us, man, if you would, could you kind of take us on your journey from, you know, uh, being being in the Ultimate Fighting Championship and kind of getting going right when it started getting going on the Ultimate Fighter 2 uh, and then kind of some of the, you know, some of your life as a police officer and, and some of the things that you saw and did in, in Toronto and kind of how you got now from that life to where you are as a new father. Congratulations. And coming out as an author and having your own shoe and all these things is one of, one of the most recognized, you know, athletes and recognized coaches in the strength and conditioning industry. You know, it's it actually, I think it starts before the days in the UFC, my, my background and, and I get into it a lot in my book, but, uh, there's some people that are aware of this, some people that aren't, I, I was bullied, um, a fair amount as a, as a, as a kid, I was never one of the popular kids. I was never an athlete. I mean, I got cut from the basketball team. I used to love the sport of basketball. I couldn't make the football team. I was always last picked on the playground. And when I was in grade nine, I got my collarbone broken by a group of, you know, hockey bullies essentially. And I started wrestling to try and defend myself. And I was God awful, like just terrible. I lost every match my first year. My second year, I won one match and I just kept working hard. And there were a few coaches and a few athletes who just, I don't even know why they believed in me, but they were there for me and supported me. And I actually kind of got good at wrestling. And to make a long story short, this transformation had, had begun. And I ended up finding myself in the UFC. And, and it's funny, I want to talk about you a little bit. You're one of the people who I credit as being instrumental in me ending up where I am today because of the sports psychology stuff we used to work on. And I remember being a person in 2005 and 2006, and I'm sure you remember too, that I had self-doubts. I was worried about my ability to compete in the UFC. We used to work on the green light, red light thoughts. And and for some of your listeners that don't know what those are, it's red light thoughts, and, and you feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but red light thoughts are the thoughts that shut you down. The thoughts like, I don't belong here. This opponent is better than me. I haven't trained hard enough. I'm going to lose. So self-doubts we all go through. Green light thoughts, on the other hand, are are positive self-talk thoughts. Like, I'm second in the world for kickboxing. I almost made the Olympics for wrestling. I work harder than anybody that propel me to victory. Um, And I remember you giving me not only that exercise, but writing five things down every morning that would make me successful. You gave me audio tapes to listen to with with a bunch of inspirational stories and how other athletes dealt with issues. And that, I'd say that experience with you was instrumental in uh, forming who I went on to be in the UFC, uh, but also forming a huge basis of everything I teach in training today, which is the psychology of training is a lot more important than the actual physical being of training. And, and through a lot of those things, it gave me, you know, helped give me the courage and the confidence in myself to quit a police job that I loved to take a risk and move down to the United States where I really didn't know anybody and, and, and work for this business and, and try to build something up from scratch. And, and those exercises, they really helped me do that. That's fantastic. You know, and I think that every athlete goes through that. Every athlete has, 
you know, some of the, some of that self-doubt, Bobby, but you, you, you were an athlete that said, Hey, this is, this is an issue for me in my career and I'm going to go attack it head on and I'm going to get better. You know, the athletes that you train now, NFL players, professional athletes, mixed martial arts, fighters, actors, do you see them being as open to sports psychology as you were, or are they still a little bit closed off to it? You know, actually in our environment, I think they're really open to it because they know coming in that we preach that heavily. So one of the primary tenets of Jim Jones is that the mind is primary. And the seminars that I teach, a lot of the seminars focus on not only sports psychology, because I think a lot of sports psychology can transfer well to the rest of your life. You know, like I know you've worked with a bunch of the best mixed martial arts fighters in the world and, and baseball players and, and golfers and, and all kinds of different athletes. But the skills to be good at a sport from a psychology perspective are the same skills that it takes to be a better husband, to get that job promotion you want, to be a better person. And so a big part of our program here at the gym is using physical exercise as a tool to help make people better in every aspect of their life. And without psychology, you can't use that tool correctly. And so people that come to train here, I think they're already looking for that mind is primary, sports psychology, life psychology, whatever you want to call it, they're already looking for that kind of avenue. And so they're immediately opened up to it. That said, I think there are a lot of people out there that are closed off to psychology in general and don't understand what it could do for them. And, and what I want to do is get that message out to as big of an audience as possible that, you know, focusing on your brain can really help make the rest of your life a lot better. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think in your book, The Maximus Body, you talk a lot about some of those specific psychological skills or mental game skills that you developed that are now helping you to be one of the most sought after you know, people in the performance industry. What are some of those skills that you'd break down in The Maximus Body that can help uh, people listening to this podcast? Well, I think I think the first thing is a little bit what we talked about, the green light, red light thoughts and I remember you had me do an exercise where I'd have to wake up every morning and write down five reasons that I'd be successful. And I actually had a really good learning experience where because of your coaching, I had one of the best fights of my, of my life. I won UFC submission of the night. I was successful. I was on my way. And then I dropped the ball on continuing that training because I thought my problem was fixed. And what I didn't understand was that doing three months of exercises we're not going to overcome 18 years of a certain negative thought pattern. And it was something that I continually had to work on. So one of the things I talk about in the book, because my last fight, you know, when I, or not my last fight, but the fight after I won that I stopped doing that sports psychology stuff, I lost pretty bad. And what lesson that taught me was that if you're going to retrain your brain, it's something you have to work on. The brain's a muscle, like any other muscle in your body, you've, got to work on it and you can't just do it for a day you can't just do it for two days it's a lifelong kind of deal you've got to dedicate yourself to psychology so I talk about in the book if you want to do these exercises if you want to be successful you need to do this stuff every single day that's the first part uh, another thing I talk about in the book is something that I call ruthless self-assessment or ruthless self-evaluation you've got to be able to tell yourself the truth I think a lot of us lie to ourselves because we don't want to face the truth because it's hard to. And the most important type of work we can do, and, and this is something you know my wife taught me, is self-work. And that's the work we stay away from. And so I talk about in the book having the courage to look yourself in the mirror and do an objective assessment on yourself and tell yourself the hard truths that you don't want to hear and finding the courage to 
um, attack those truths and then start to create a new reality uh, for yourself. And, and I'd say the third main tone of the book is this shit isn't easy. You can get a lot of products for three easy payments of $9.99. You can try to take a magic pill. You can order something with your credit card. You can get some book that you're going to read. But that book, those three easy payments of $9.99, that magic pill, they ain't going to do the work for you. You've got to do the work yourself. So if you want to change, whether it be from a physical perspective or a sports psychology perspective, be prepared to put some investment into play. It's not going to happen in three weeks. It's not going to happen in four weeks. You've got to be prepared to be dedicated for a very long period of time. And dedication doesn't take days off. You don't get to just cheat on your diet when you want to cheat on your diet. You don't get to skip a workout because you feel like skipping a workout. And from a sports psychology standpoint, you don't get to skip your self-work because you're a little tired that day. If you want something, you've got to earn it. I love that. And I think today's, you know, what they would refer to as often the microwave society, that they want everything faster, cheaper, and easier. I think sometimes people just forget that the secret to success is not a secret. It's just a lot of hard freaking work. And I think when you talk to interview people, like I get the privilege to do here, Bobby, on the podcast, people like yourself, and I ask them, hey, what's made you successful? Often they just come back to saying, I work my ass off. And I will never stop. I will not be denied, you know. And for them to put in 18, 20-hour days is just kind of something that they do without thinking about it because they're so into what they do. What drives you to be the success that you are, man? What's the motivation inside of Bobby Maximus that drives you to be the best? You know, this is going to sound – it may sound kind of cheesy, but at the end of the day, I want to help people and lead by example. I've been really fortunate in my life. I come from a small town up north. I didn't go to school on a sports scholarship. Uh, we talked a little bit about how I lost every match wrestling, how I wasn't good at stuff. And, and honestly, if it wasn't for a few key people in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I remember one of my trainers named Shaw Franco. He really took an interest in me. And, and I credit him really on uh, reviving a fight career that I thought was lost. And he never asked for a penny from me. And one day I asked him how I could thank him. And he said, just do this for other people. And that really stuck with me. I, I think our goal in this life, we, have a, we don't have a lot of years here on this earth. And what I want to do is leave a, leave a lasting impact on people and help as many people as possible. I am so grateful every day to live the life I live, to have the opportunity to do something I love, to have a beautiful wife who supports me in every way, to have two beautiful children. I, I really think that you know, not talking about money, but talking about life experiences, I'm, I'm rich beyond belief in terms of the life that I've been able to live, the experiences I have. And I, I wish that for everybody. I wish everybody could wake up as happy as I am every day. And I really want to help people. And then the second thing is I really just want to lead by example. I think that's the best way to teach people. Uh, I, I, I always say your actions need to be consistent with your words. And so I feel a responsibility to people I train. I feel a responsibility to my son. I feel a responsibility to my wife, to the people that, you know, pay to hear me speak that come to the seminars. I do feel a responsibility to work as hard as I can and practice all the things that I, that I preach. And, and one of the, one of the things I preach is that every day, the goal is to better yourself in some capacity, emotionally, physically, spiritually, you've just got to work to be a better person. And, and so I strive to do that every day. 
Bobby, would you talk a little bit about some of the routines that you have, not necessarily the workouts that you're doing physically, right? Because we'll get a lot of that coming out of the book. And frankly, a lot of the physical workouts that you do, the people listening to this podcast are not professional athletes. They might not be able to do, but what they can do is they can mimic your self-growth routines. They can write down five things on a daily basis. They can get better at understanding their signal lights. What are some of the key components of your daily routine that you think anyone listening to this podcast, coach or athlete, could do to better improve their lives and their situation? So uh, three what I'll call actionable tips. Number one, the green light, red light thoughts. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, what sport you're in, and, and I'm sure you can echo this with some of the stories you have from athletes you've, you've worked with. Even the best people in the world are insecure. That's a fact. We all have our doubts. We all have our insecurities, and it takes a lot of work to um, fix those. And there used to be a point, and this is what I would recommend to the listeners. Go to Office Depot, get yourself a roll of green dots or, or green little stickers and put them all over your house. Put them on your fridge put them on your steering wheel handle, put them on your phone. And every time you look at a green dot, think of a positive thought about yourself. That kind of positive self-talk will help you be more successful. Now, I feel like I've graduated beyond, because there was a point, Brian, where you made me put green dots over everything that that people used to make fun of me for. But um, on, a, on, a, on, a, you know, on, a, on a more serious note, I used to have to do that. Now, I've gotten to the habit from looking at green dots where I try to think green light thoughts throughout the day. I don't need a green dot to prompt me to think about them. I constantly throughout a day go through anywhere between 10 and 50 green light thoughts to uh, fix my self-image. That's something that frankly I'm still working on at 38 years old. I'm still working on this stuff because when you're when you have a negative self-image at times or where you're where you're not confident, where you are insecure, You've got to work on it. And and let's face it, things are scary. I mean, I'm honored to have a book with men's health and I'm honored to have a shoe and a pre-workout supplement, but there are some insecurities that go along with that. What if these things fail? How does that affect my family? Um, does it make me a failure if my shoe doesn't sell well? Does it make me a failure if my book doesn't sell well? These are things I grapple with. So the green light thoughts, those are things that I work on. I also, the minute I think a red light thought like that, I shut that shit right down and I think of something positive. Second thing I do is every morning, get a journal and write down five reasons you're going to be successful. When you're scared, when you're worried, when you're insecure, make sure you write those things down. The third thing I do is it's something, you know, called um, let your actions dictate your feelings. Don't let your feelings dictate your actions. And that's something where if I'm scared, I act confident. If I'm nervous, I act confident. Uh, and, and it starts to breed confidence within myself. And those are three things that you can do every day that I think are very easy. And that last one, again, it's fake it till you make it to a certain degree. But if you can do those three things every day, you'll start to open up your, for yourself a bunch of possibilities that you may have not thought existed before. And then success starts to breed success because once you're successful, you believe yourself, you believe you have the ability to be successful. So imagine you're the athlete that has never hit a home run in Major League Baseball, and you don't believe you can hit one, well, the minute you hit your first one, pressure's off, and you know you can hit another, and then another, and another, and you open up yourself to another realm of possibility. Well, it comes back to it's the start that stops most people. And when you let your feelings dictate your actions, often you keep waiting, you keep waiting, you keep waiting. You're like that archer who's ready, aim, aim, 
aim, aim, aim, and you never freaking fire. And what you have to do is you have to just fire, 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 and then start aiming once you get good at pulling the trigger because you've got to be a person of action. And Bobby, I'm clo- I'm sure that every time you failed at something, whether it was a new business venture, whether it was a lift, whether it was a fight in the octagon, you didn't look at it as in life there's winners and losers. You probably looked at it as in life there's winners and learners. Could you talk a little bit about how you have made adversity your advantage? You've already covered that a lot from growing up being bullied to being one of the best fighters on the planet in the UFC. Are there other ways in your life that you've made adversity your advantage and have learned key lessons maybe from from some failure or difficult times that have made you the success you are today? Yes. The smartest guy in the room is the one who realizes he's not the smartest guy in the room. And what I mean by that is you've got to be brave enough. You've got to be smart enough. You've got to ask for some help sometimes. And so when I wasn't good at jujitsu and that was my weakness in the UFC, I sought out somebody to help me with jujitsu. When I wasn't good at sports psychology and our mutual friend, Tom Murphy, uh, gave me the opportunity to meet you, I met you and I went down to Vermont and, and that was fundamental in making me who I am today. When I wasn't smart enough in physiology, I took a course You have to be, you know, take failure in stride, but you can't just sit around and complain about your failure. You've got to seek those out who can help you be better. And that's a super important part of the process that we all forget. We're all flawed individuals. We're not perfect. We all need help with certain things. It's okay to admit that you have a weakness. It's okay to admit that you've failed. And it's okay to ask for help. And and a lot of times I think what holds people back is their ego or their insecurities and they're scared to ask somebody for help. You know, a book that I'm currently reading right now by Ryan Holiday is called The Ego is the Enemy. Could you talk a little bit of how with you know, the people that you've seen at the highest level of athletics or business, how sometimes they let their ego get in the way of helping them get to another level? Well, yeah, exactly. And if you think Michael Jordan didn't have a free throw coach, you're fucking nuts. If you think that Tom Brady doesn't have a quarterback coach, you're nuts. Like these athletes that that are arguably the two greatest athletes of all time in their respective sports. How many coaches do you think Michael Jordan's had in his life? How many coaches has Tom Brady had? How many places do you think they've sought for help? So if the best in the world are asking for help and the best in the world have coaches, Why do you sitting at home think that you're too good for a coach or that you don't need help? It's, it's the same thing with the sports psychology stuff. I mean, I've been made fun of for doing sports psychology before because people don't understand it, but how many athletes today, uh, Brian, do you think have a sports psychologist? Like let's take golf, for example, I'm going to say 99% of PGA tour members have a sports psychologist. It's probably pretty close. I mean, the one, the one thing that's Every Olympic athlete who was just in, in in Rio or Sochi in the last Winter Games, the one thing that every Olympic athlete has is they have a coach. Yep, exactly. And that's what you need to get you better. Even if you're the best person in the world, you need that type of coaching. And that's what that's what really opened my eyes to it. I mean, when, when we were talking back in the day and I realized you'd worked with George St. Pierre and Rich Franklin, I'm like, okay, so here are the two of the greatest fighters of all time, champions in the sport. They have a sports psychologist. Uh, maybe I should have one too, you know, and one of the things people don't realize and, and, and it's, you might not be Tom Brady, 
You might not be George St. Pierre. You might not be Floyd Mayweather, but it doesn't mean you can't do the things that they do to make themselves better. Well, especially from a mental game standpoint too, right? I mean, they might not physically be able to do what those guys can do, but can they match a George St. Pierre's work ethic? No question. Can they match a George St. Pierre's commitment to attention to detail, to nutrition, to recovery, to sleep, to taking care of his body like a million-dollar sports car? Anyone in sales and education and athletics in life can match those things. They might not be able to match, you know, the cardiovascular fitness. They might not be able to match some of the speed and power endurance stuff that you do, but they can match you in your daily routine. They can match you in your work ethic and your grind, can't they? Well, of course. And the other thing, Brian, with that is what's the downside to doing some stuff like this? Like if you, if I tell you, Brian, every day you're going to sit down and you're going to write five reasons why your podcast is going to be the most successful podcast on the entire planet. What's the downside of that apart from spending five quality minutes? I, the only downside might be that I'm, I'm, you know, I fall in the trap of just writing down that my podcast yep. is going to be really, really good, but I'm not taking action to help make it good other than just writing down how great it's going to be. Yeah, you, you're right. You got to put that into action, but what's the, what's it's five minutes. You can't afford five minutes to make yourself better. I mean, yeah, I agree. That's what it comes down to for people. Like you're not, you're not investing millions of dollars. You're not putting your family at risk. You're not taking a second mortgage on your house. You're not taking time away. You're doing some positive self work. I don't understand how that can be bad. And I, I think it's laziness that prevents people from, from doing these things because they are, they're relatively easy to do. They're free. There's no downside. I mean, there's no downside to self-work. And, and, and what I tell people is, and here's something I, I've kind of come up with that I talk about in the book as well. Do you know how many hours there are in a week? 168. 168. So let's say I just told you, you had to work on your psychological game for two hours a week. Just two hours. That's 1% of your week pretty much. If you can't give me 1% of your week, you're just not dedicated. You just don't want it bad enough. And it's the same thing for fitness. You tell me you don't have time to work out and not you, but these people that, you know, that I work with, they'll tell me sometimes, or I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that with 168 hours in a week. You have got so much time to do anything that you want to do. It's incredible. I run through a time audit with people where if I give you 10 hours of sleep a night, Brian, that's 70 hours a week. You've still got 98 hours in a week to get stuff done. And then you tell me you work 50 hours a week and that's fine. You've still got 48 hours a week to get stuff done. And you tell me you want to spend quality time with your family. I'm going to give you three quality hours a day. And I'm not talking while your face is buried in your Instagram or you're watching the football game or your son hangs out on the couch with you. You're going to talk to your family for three hours a day. You're going to do things with them. Well, there's another 21 hours. Shit, you've still got 27 hours. Where does all your time go? You know what I mean? And so I think people are lazy about it and they don't understand the value of it, but it's it's really not that much of a sacrifice to dedicate five or 10 or 15 or 30 minutes a day. Well, Bobby, I love what you're talking about, man. And one of the exercises that, that I, I can't remember where I went through it, 
uh, but it's something I've done in my life for probably the last four or five years is I actually map out my 168 hours for the week. So I sit down on Sunday and I, I map out for the next seven days, okay, here's my agenda from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed on every single day and where I'm going to get things done, where I'm going to do it, you know? So I know, um, you know, hey, when we get off of this call at, at let's say, 2 o'clock, I know that I've got from 2 to 2.30 to type up show notes to do some other things, and then from 2.30 to 3.30, it's a bike ride, 3.30 to 3.45, it's a recovery, 3.45 to 4.45, it's a run, and you've got all that mapped out on the day, and no day goes exactly how you want it to go, but you have to go into the day with a plan. Otherwise, you're going to resort back to, you know, acting how you feel instead of letting your feelings change your action. Instead of let, I mean, you're going to resort back to acting how you feel instead of letting your actions change your feelings because you just get going because you're following your plan. Well, and the most important thing that I just took from that story is the fact that you're taking time to plan. That shows me you care you are putting something in place uh, to, to make your goals happen. And a lot of people will just jump to the excuse of, I don't have time, I don't know how to do this. You're demonstrating that you care about accomplishing your goals. Well, one of my favorite, one of my favorite books was The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. And in that book, The Magic of Thinking Big, which I remember listening to for months on audio as I would go for a run, is he talked about you know, what he calls excusitis. And one of those is time excusitis. I don't have enough time. Another one would be um, you know, age excusitis. I'm not old enough or I'm too old or you know, uh, I don't have the right, right education. That We make all these bullshit excuses that, that keep us from going where we want to go. But the biggest one I see is that people say, I don't have enough time. Well, I'll tell you a funny exercise. There was a girl I trained at the gym once and she told me she didn't have enough time to train. And I asked her what was going on. And she said, well, I, I'm, I'm a student and I have a part-time job. And I said, how many hours a week do you go to school? She said, 15. I go, how many hours a week do you study? She's like, probably five to 10. I said, okay, so you, you study a fair amount. And how many hours do you work? She goes, 20. I go, you run a 40-hour week. Like, what are you going to do when you hit the real world and you have to work a Monday to Friday, nine to five? Like, is your life going to fall apart? She's like, well, I'm busy with other things and my family. I said, here's what I want you to do. Every time you open your phone to look at Facebook, do five burpees. Two days later and a thousand burpees later, she just called me and she said, you're right. I think I have enough time to train. And that was the end of that, you know, and, and we all fall victim to these things where we're, I think, putting our time. I just think we have poor time management and we also don't want to accomplish our goals bad enough. If you want something bad enough, you'll figure out a way to make it happen. I love that, man. If you got a big enough reason why, you will always, always find a way how. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing. I just, I just would rather you, I mean, Brian, if we were having to talk about fitness and, and you said to me, I don't have enough time. I, I don't have the equipment. I'm, I'm too old and gave me excuses. I'd honestly lose respect for you. If you said to me, Rob, being fit is just not that important to me. I would respect you because it's not important to everybody and that's fine, but just call it what it is. Yeah, don't lie to yourself, right? Be, be truthful with yourself and actually go after what you want and don't try to be somebody that you're not and don't try to be somebody that you don't want to be. But if you want to have optimal health for the obvious reasons of being around on this planet longer, being able to serve other people at a higher level if that's important to you, I think no matter what you do, it doesn't matter if you're a coach. It doesn't matter if, you, if you're working in oil and gas sales and you're dialing a phone all day, you still have to be in a certain level of shape and exercise and move hopefully in the morning and get a sweat going so that you get that 
extra energy. So you get that extra little bit of focus. I mean, in your book, you probably just talk about the, the, the importance of moving for everybody as a human being. Is that accurate? Yes. And what I tell people is it's an investment. And so if you're unfit and you go try to put in an eight hour day at work, even if you spend eight hours working that day, you're not putting in a solid eight hours because you're tired, you're stressed, you're not efficient. You might put in five hours that day. If you spend time training, you have the psychological ability, you have the resistance to stress, you have the physical ability, you have the stamina, you have the belief in yourself to do a true eight hour workday in a day, if that makes sense. And one of the things is, I say, by investing that hour, you will get so much more, just an hour a day of training, you will get so much more out of the other 23 hours in a day, you will actually save yourself time. But the first thing we want to do is we want to cut sleep, we want to cut training, we want to cut nutrition, and it doesn't work that way. Invest just a little bit of time every day, and it makes everything in your life more efficient. I love that. You know, we talk a lot about here on the podcast Bobby, the the fundamentals, and it doesn't matter what your field, the fundamentals, I use the acronym EMMS, how you eat, how you move, how you meditate or work on your mental game, and how you sleep. And if any of those four things are off, you're going to have a performance breakdown coming in the future. Could you talk a little bit about each of those things from eating, you've already, you know, movement, the meditation or mindfulness you've talked a lot about here today already, and then the sleeping and kind of address a little bit of each of those for our listeners. So... In terms of eating, first of all, uh, there's the old saying, you are what you eat, but you've got to fill your body with adequate nutrients to make your body perform well. Think about a car. If you go buy an expensive sports car, if you go buy a really high-end automobile, you're not going to put the worst gas possible in it. You're not just going to fill it with diesel. You're not just going to fill it with rubbing alcohol. You've got to buy a premium product to make that car run well. And so give your body the nutrients, give your body the sustenance, if you will, give your body the right food to, to run your machine. There's nothing that'll make you feel worse than being completely underfed. I'm sure there's days, Brian, and I'm sure there's listeners out there that have had days where they haven't paid attention to their eating and they feel like garbage. How productive can you be when you feel like garbage? The second thing is movement. You cannot just sit around and expect your body to work well. Your body is meant to be moved. We are physical beings. And there is a physical, spiritual, psychological link. If you have a sick body, you will have a sick mind. The stronger your body is, the more resistant you are to stress, the better you sleep, which I'm going to touch on in a minute the more stamina you have. You're able to control your heart rate better. You're able to breathe better. And moving is the way you train all of those abilities. So do some type of exercise. And it doesn't even need to be a quote-unquote hardcore epic workout. It can be walking. It can be biking. It can be swimming. It can be playing with your children in the backyard. But you've got to be active. The minute we stop moving, we die. In terms of meditative stuff, you've got to practice your mental game. You cannot just expect yourself to wake up and be cured of all your insecurities or, or all your issues. The brain is a muscle and it's something that's got to be trained. And the other thing I talk about and I talked about it earlier in the podcast is, Brian, if you've lived a certain way for 30 years of your life and had a negative thought pattern, it's not possible to train that away in a month. It's not possible. You may never train some of that away and it's something you have to constantly work at. 
Finally, sleep. There's been tons of studies on sleep that if you're getting restricted sleep every night, your cognitive function is down, your immune system's down, your testosterone is down, your human growth hormone is down, your cortisol is up. There's all these things that happen within your body that are, are negative. And I use the cell phone example. Uh, I'm sure you have a smartphone, whatever brand you have. And Brian, if you plug your smartphone in every morning and you leave the house on 100% charge, is that cell phone a useful tool? I'm going to say yes. You can use Google Maps. You can check your email. You can post on Instagram. You can text your friends. Let me ask you uh, what happens if you forget to charge your phone at night and leave the house on a 10% charge. Is that phone a useful tool all day? I've just got an expensive piece of machinery carrying around in my pocket that's not doing much. Yes, exactly. You can't. In fact, at that point, you're texting me saying I can't text anymore because my phone's going to die. So imagine that your bed is the phone charger and you are the phone. You need to go out every morning on a full charge. And if you go out on a full charge, you can attack the day. You can win the day. You can be successful at anything you want to be successful at. If you go out on that 10 or 20% charge, I'm sorry. You're just not going to put yourself in a position to be successful. Well, Bobby, I tell you, man, I've never heard that analogy before that your bed is your cell phone charger. And if you leave your house with a battery and a cell phone at 10%, you're not going to be able to use it very much. And if you leave your house with your body at 10% recovery, you're not going to be very useful. And if you're, if you're not useful, uh, you know, if you, or I should say, if you're not juiceful, you're not going to be very useful. And the bed is where you kind of repair the juice and bring that energy to get you ready to go, man. I, uh, unbelievable, Bobby. It's been too long, man, since I've seen you. Been too long since we've gotten together. Um, super, super excited to, to have you here as a guest on the Peak Performance Podcast. Uh, if you would talk about your shoe that's coming out, the new Maximus shoe, and where people can get it. Okay, so the, the shoe's actually been out for a little bit. You can get it at lalotactical.com. That's L-A-L-O and then tactical.com. Uh, I, I think it's the best training shoe on the, on the market. And the best thing about the Lalo people is they're incredible people to work with. And I just don't say that. I don't do a lot of endorsements and I don't get involved uh, with a lot of people. And it takes me a while to open up to people. Um, but these are people now I consider family and, and are – are besides the product, I mean, the, the product is one thing, but they're absolutely incredible people, and that's important to me. My pre-workout supplement is gonna come out in, in February, and it's a story very similar to the Lalo uh, people, the, the people at Gnarly Nutrition, that's where you would get the uh, supplement. They're wonderful people, and it's funny, because the people at Gnarly and Lalo have become friends. You know, you hear the saying, birds of a feather flock together, Good yep. people tend to really respect each other, and those two companies are in line. And then finally, I've got this book coming out with Men's Health, and the Men's Health family has been so damned good to me to have the opportunity to write a book. And I wrote it with a gentleman who I want to give a special thanks to. His name's Michael Easter. I couldn't have done this without him. We wrote the book together. He's my co-author. And I think we really bring out the best in each other. And he's, he's an expert in his field. He's, he's an editor for Men's Health. He's, he's wrote for them for years. He's a fitness expert. And the stuff I bring, we've created this. I think it's an incredible book that will change people's lives. And not just from an exercise standpoint, but it will change their lives um, from top to bottom, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally. I, I think it's a really incredible thing. It's called the Maximus Body. I have the saying, be like Bobby. Go get yourself some pre-workout. Jack yourself up. Put on your shoes so you can go and win the day and then uh, arm yourself with some knowledge from the book and you'll be a lot more successful. Love it. And they can pick up the book on Amazon. Where's the best place for them to get it? Nope, BobbyMaximus.com? It's going to be Men's Health Direct. 
so, so go to menshealth.com uh, and then there's going to be all kinds of advertisements for the book. And, and like I said, arm yourself with knowledge, put your shoes on, get ready to get your ass to work and, and then jack yourself up with some pre-workout and attack the day. No, I'm gonna go get some. I'm gonna go get some pre-workout right now. I'm gonna go run six miles. I'm gonna get on my bike because I don't know if I told you, Bobby, but I'm doing Ironmans now. I'm gonna probably ride for two hours and I'm gonna go smash weights. And then when I get done, I'll probably take some more pre-workout and I'll take my wife to dinner all jacked up. Good. I like it. And don't forget to work on your mental game either. No, I've already. I already did my journal this morning. I went on a duck hunt. I took it one shot, one duck at a time, and I'm absolutely dominating the day. But getting to see your smiling face, getting to see you here on the podcast, getting to hear, man, you got me jacked up, bro. I appreciate it. Nice. And listen, I want to thank you as well. Um, I've done a lot of research. I've, I've read a lot of books over the past uh, ten years um, since we've met. I've done a lot of sports psychology stuff. I've, I've really tried to self-educate myself in my department and. Honestly, without being exposed to it from you, I don't know if I would have done that. And so I owe you a huge debt of gratitude for pointing me in the right direction and, and giving me some of the tools to go and you know learn myself. So thank you for that. Oh, man, I'm humbled, man. I appreciate you for saying that. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Well, Bobby, we're, this is the end of the podcast, my friend. Uh, for people want more Bobby Maximus, they're going to get you on Twitter, I believe, at Bobby Maximus and on Instagram, at Bobby Maximus. Is that right? That's correct. And then do you have your own website they can go to to get a little bit more? Yeah, it's going to be projectmaximus.com. And you can also go to www.jimjones.com. That's Project Maximus? Yeah, that's Project. Thanks for calling me out for my Canadian accent. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you said pro-jacked, as in like a jacked pro-athlete or project, but I'm pretty sure you said projectmaximus.com. Awesome. Oh, I've lived in the States for a while now, but you can't take the Canadian out of me. No, you can't, eh? All right, man. I appreciate you, Bobby. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, my man. Thanks for listening to the Peak Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a positive review or share a link to this episode on social media using hashtag PeakPod. Mention Brian Kane and one thing you learned in this episode for your chance to win a free ticket to the next Brian Kane Experience live event. Dominate the day.